It's 10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, buddy. It is time for Utah Car Sense. I am Austin Horton. Eric Jensen producing for us, like usual, behind the glass there. But Jeff Miller is not with us today. Neither is Roger Parkin. Neither is George Roska. Today we have the distinct honor, privilege, and, uh, I don't know, blessing to have back on the show after a three-year suspension, Josh Goldsmith with us. Josh is the service manager at the Southtown store now. Josh, good to have you back on the show, buddy. How are you? You know, Austin, with an introduction like that, I am uh, I am I'm very excited to be here today. <laughs> now I, I tease him. I tease him all the time because Josh is the only person on the history of uh, Utah Car Sense who, as a host, had to be dumped uh, on air one time. So uh, he, he served his uh, suspension and he's back. It, w- it was a learning. It was a learning experience. <laughs> I I did some some serious internal growth over the last three years, and uh-huh. I'm looking forward to being back. Given what I've learned, <laughs> it was it was honestly one of my fun, one of my favorite uh, memories in my career. Because uh, you did, you were very polite about it at the time. Right. You gave the you gave the warning, but I gave uh, the warning. Yeah. I gave you adequate dumping time. What uh, exactly? Which is uh, you know a joke is in there someplace. So I'll just leave it there. But uh, Joe Ingles on the Joe Ingles show yesterday? Question mark? Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. He spelled out a swear word on the air, which is also a no no. You can't. You also cannot You're spell not allowed to do that either. <laughs> so- uh, that had to be dumped and censored, but we're learning as we go. That's well, I'm glad doing. I'm in good company with Joe Ingalls. Yeah, well, if Joe can say it, uh, Josh can say it, I think. But I mean, you said it, not me. Neither will hear the uh, light of day on the air, but I'll hear it. So, <laughs> and that's hey, what matters. Tell us, uh, tell us how you've been, buddy. We know that you've been. Uh, it's been a wild, weird year like it has everywhere, but especially in the car industry. And they've moved you from uh, the Midtown store down to the Southtown store, and now you're service manager. What, what's up? You, you know, it's been, it has been a wild year. Hard to, hard to believe that we're coming up on almost a year uh, of doing this whole quarantine thing. We've been really fortunate to kind of already had tools in process in terms of our, our pickup and drop-off service and and different things like that that allowed us to really kind of bounce bounce back and pivot um, during this time to really make sure that we weren't too heavily affected, at least on the service side. Uh, and it's been really fun. It's been obviously a year full of challenges and opportunities, and it's been fun to constantly have these different things coming up that we have to figure out a, a game plan around. And yeah. uh, so things are going well. I moved down to our Southtown store back in October, back in October. Uh, to to try and really kind of revamp the customer experience down there and make sure that we're providing the best experience we can for our customers at both stores, uh, and so it's been a, it's been a just an awesome project and it's been fun to get to know the a lot of the people that I hired in my previous role as culture director again and uh, get to spend some time down there and really it's been it's been an awesome year and we're excited to see what twenty twenty one has for us. So, Josh, uh, tell us is 
and go ahead and brag, and, and no one else at your store is listening. They're probably all really busy today, so they'll never hear about this, except I'll text them immediately. But are you the most important slash most busy person at the uh, Mark Miller uh, Subaru stores? You know, I don't know if I'm the most important or busy, but there are definitely members on my team. Our service advisors are <laughs> are, are busy pretty much 100% of their day down there. They are they are instrumental in making sure that our customers are taken care of and we get their cars back up and running and back on the road. So uh, I'm fortunate that I just get to help make make experiences better, but they really do touch a lot of customers and uh, make sure that everyone's taken care of at a, at a very high level. So without them, my life would be 10 times more difficult. So we're lucky to have them. Especially in, uh, you guys launched the pick up and drop off uh, direct service before the pandemic, which yeah. was very good foresight by by Jeff and the team to do that, to, to make sure it wasn't, because there were a lot of companies, especially in the car world, that just had to learn on the fly with that stuff. You guys had a good ramp up before the pandemic really got going on the direct service to where, it was probably still really bumpy and uh, and busy and uh, nerve-wracking, but you were miles ahead of the competition when, when it came to mobile services. Yeah, we were, I mean, we were really, really fortunate that Jeff had the foresight to, to kind of start this idea of a, a pickup and drop-off service um, years ahead of this. And so we already had the infrastructure in place and we knew how to do it. Uh, really what we had to do was just ramp up the, the number we were able to do before, before COVID, before quarantine, we were really only doing 15 to 20 between the two stores on a daily basis. Uh, and I think during kind of the, the height of the peak of quarantine, we were up to closer to, uh, 50 or 60, uh, between the two stores each day, which is all, it's a lot of customers that we were able to take care of and make sure that they were able to stay safe and didn't have to leave their homes and, uh, I mean, being able to just expand rather than having to create a whole new process uh, definitely gave us a leg up. And there was even a period of time where we had a mobile technician who would go to customers' homes to perform recalls and little stuff that was e easy to be done in customers' driveways. Mm. Uh, that was a little bit different. We weren't doing that before. Uh, and so that was one where we had to kind of think on our feet and get the ball rolling mid-COVID. But even that was a great service that we were able to offer, really just trying to make sure that our customers felt safe and were stable, still able to get their get their service needs met, um, especially with the number of people that were going on road trips instead of flying. The, the, the use of people's cars were just as important this year as they have been in the past, but we wanted to make sure that they were safe and, and dependable and reliable and ready to go. So we came up with a couple of really cool ways to make sure that was possible. Josh Goldsmith, uh, our, our uh, co-host today, the service manager at the Southtown store. Uh, I can never remember the exact address of the store down there, Josh. Yeah, the Southtown store is in an awesome location, uh, right off of 106 South or 114 South. Uh, but it is 10920 South State Street in the Southtown Auto Mall. Um, and we've been getting all kinds of new cars in, so... If you're free and want to go down and take a look at them today, feel free to do that. And if you need, are looking down at your odometer right now, driving on the road and realize you need an oil change, head down and get that taken care of as well. They're they're open and, and ready to make sure that you get help. And I, I don't remember the address because, like you said, it's in an amazing location. You don't really need the address to know where Mark right, Miller is Super Southtown South is. Southtown Auto Mall and, and you're there. Have they fixed the sign out there on State Street? Oof, that sign 
was just I, the gods are saying that sign was not meant to be there. I think in the last couple months, it has been it has been ran into uh, two or three times fairly Wait, aggressively. I only knew about the one uh, with the guy you know that got out and decided to finish his drink before the cops got his, there. His beverage. Yeah, what? no. It's what been were the hit, other two? Hit, I think one or two other times. Jeez. Uh, it's a tough. It's apparently a tough turn to make. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. But it is. It has not yet been repaired. We are lucky it is still standing. But yeah, it gives us a good little chuckle every time we drive by. Well, so. uh, this is a, a little inside trading here, but to to let the listeners in on a secret, every turn is a hard turn to make when you're let's call it distracted, distra- driving distracted. Uh, that is very true. Yeah. So and the number of, the number of people I see on a daily basis driving distracted is. Ugh. Seems to be growing exponentially by the day. So I agree. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, we've got a fun poll question uh, for our listeners today, Josh. Do you watch right. Jimmy Fallon's show ever? Say that one more time. Do you ever watch Jimmy Fallon's late night? Oh, always. Yeah, I, I mostly catch the the clips on YouTube of he and, yeah. and Kim Owen yeah. and James Corden. But I think all three shows are really really fun. Uh, but Jimmy Fallon does this thing every Wednesday where he sends out a hashtag. And asks okay. people a specific subject for his hashtag. And this past week, his hashtag was my worst car. And people oh. would reply with the weird or worst uh, aspects of their cars. Oh. And everyone got a, a little laugh out of that. And so I thought we'd play some of those throughout the show today. But mostly, what? I want to invite the listeners to call in at 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE, and let us know some of the weird, quirky, or worst parts of either your current or past cars, because I think we all have at least a few stories to tell about old cars we used to drive. I can definitely think of a couple. What comes to mind immediately for for you there, Josh? Does something pop up right away? Yeah, you know, I had a uh, my very first car. We bought it before I could drive. Uh, well, before I had my driver's license, and it was a, a 1998 Subaru Forester, and it just had the quirkiest little things. Some days the heat decided to things were reversed. Like I'd go to turn the heat on, and it would blow cold, and <laughs> I'd go to turn the AC on, and it would blow hot. And it wasn't that anything was broken. Sometimes that knob just decided not to work, but it was always uh, it was never consistent, so I never knew what I was gonna get. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I loved that car. It, it did me good. Bought it from, bought it from Chet down at our Midtown store and, uh, just kind of the funny, those funny little quirks you'll learn about, especially when you buy an old used car that, uh, doesn't really have any rhyme or reason and isn't really worth getting fixed. You just learn how to live with it. Which I, you know, my, we have, of course, we lease our, uh, our Forester uh, through you guys, and it's terrific. And we baby that thing and it takes care of us too. But I also drive a commuter uh, dinged up, uh, hailstorm damaged, uh, beater of a car. Classic. And every time I drive it, I, I, I find myself equal parts, uh, jealous of my wife that she gets to drive the Forester and I have to drive this tin can. But then again, every time it gets dinged or, or hit or scratched, I'm just like, ah, another, well, another love scar for this car. Exactly. There's a little bit of, uh, peace and serenity you get when driving an older car where you don't really care about the <laughs> the shopping cart that collides into your car and the little dings and dents and scratches that are bound to happen but 
are a tough pill to swallow when you're yeah. driving a new one. Right now, the, the thing it's doing is the defrost uh, gets stuck, and I have to uh, slam my fist above the on the dashboard above the glove box, and it gets unstuck and then starts blowing again. It's See, pretty, it's pretty weird. One of those things. It wouldn't be worth getting fixed, but you know what to do. <laughs> I went to a mechanic. He said, "Here's the bill." I said, "Ah, my fist is cheaper. I'll just keep doing <laughs> exactly. this." Exactly. <laughs> so let us know eight five five three four zero zone. The weirdest or worst parts of either your current or old car. And uh, Rob already responded on Twitter, and Rob said he had a truck that when it got cold outside, the speedometer would go screwy. Some days it was 40 miles off, 40 miles an hour off, others 70 miles an hour off. Had wow. to re- had to resort to using my phone to show me my actual speed, <laughs> which don't do that, Rob. Don't do that. Don't be looking at your phone. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think at that point you, you base it off of the cars around you. But, <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, you got to get creative sometimes. But a seven, a seventy mile per hour swing is uh, pretty aggressive there. Now he doesn't say if it was seventy miles per hour uh, above what he was going or below. That below. and maybe it's maybe it switched. But some days he was going two hundred miles an hour, and some days he was going two. Uh, At seventy it, miles per hour, I'm not sure uh, it, it benefits you one way or the other. So <laughs> that's right. That's true. So let us know eight five five. 340 zone and we'll play you some of those things from uh, the Fallon show as well uh we also like to start each week out in the first segment just getting the the lay of the land there at the stores uh josh we did a little bit talked about the service bays and how how busy it's been inventory i know was a big big issue for everybody in the industry throughout 2020 but as we got to the end as we got to the quarter four inventory was picking back up how are we looking there at the southtown store you, you know, based off of the uh, the new cars that I see my technicians unwrapping on a daily basis, the, the new car inventory is looking really good. I think at both stores right now, at both our Midtown and our Southtown store, uh, we have a really great assortment of, of Outbacks, Foresters, Ascents, Crosstreks. Uh, the new Crosstrek is awesome. Uh, they put a put a bigger motor, motor bigger engine in, in some of those, and it just makes, it totally changes the that car and it is just a fun little zippy thing uh but i know as far as as far as i'm aware we have a really great inventory of of new cars right now at both stores and i know our used car manager has been working really hard on making sure that uh we have a really good inventory of used cars as well so we have a little bit of everything right now and uh things are obviously subaru does an awesome job of making sure that we can give really great um financing rates and really great lease rates and uh, that's something that we're obviously always very happy to talk about and um, makes it really easy for us to get people into new and used cars. So uh, head on down if it's something you're interested in. After this little snowstorm today, uh may be beneficial to have something with all-wheel drive. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And uh, I, you know, growing up in, the, in a uh, front-wheel and rear-wheel drive family, uh, I always just kind of rolled my eyes and went, okay, yeah, it can't be that big of a difference. And then I got in my cross track when we leased it and I went, okay, what have I been missing? What have uh-huh. I been doing with my actual yeah. literal with my life on the yeah, winter roads? You kind of feel invincible. It, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Or at least not scared. At least not yeah. uh, this could end on any bridge I go over. This could be it. Uh, right. So, uh, and by the way, I took a quick peek. If you're in the market for an Outback, which who isn't? 
you guys have a ton of Outbacks and, and the high end ones without the high end really pricing. You got a yeah. bunch of Outback premiums and others that you can get out the door with a really feasible price. Yeah, I I, I myself just just traded into a new Outback and it is they've done such a nice job over the last couple of years. I mean, from the infotainment system, it, I mean, it looks like a Tesla. It drives so nice. They put the a, a, the 2.4 liter mo- and turbo motor that is in the Ascent in the mm. Outback now, and they unfortunately got rid of the 3.6, but that turbo is just so much fun to drive. And that cabin experience is just such a pleasure. It's And it's it really is. I think there's a lot of people who, who are okay driving their car, but when you really, truly enjoy driving your car, it makes for just a very, very nice experience, especially when you're driving to work every day and uh, you spend a lot of time in your car and sometimes we forget about how important it is to have have a nice driving experience if possible. So. What were you in before you traded into this Outback? Um, I was in a Forester before. Okay. So I, I tend to bounce back and forth between the, between the Forester and the Outback. It's just nice to be able to kind of get the experience of both. So when customers are coming in and talking to us about sure. different things, I'm able to able to relate and I'm able to kind of play through some of the little funny things that they may be experiencing to try and help them a little bit better. But I mean, between the Forester and the Outback, those are two of my favorites. I even even played a little bit with going with the Crosstrek this time, but it's just a little, a little too small for those Home Depot projects I seem to find <laughs> myself uh, working on every weekend. So... Uh, so as someone who recently went through the Outback or Forester decision myself, uh, yeah. I, the, the biggest uh, differences that I noticed were uh, I like the, the higher uh, profile of the Forester, the, a little bit higher off the ground sitting. Yep. Uh, yep. The, the vision out the front is uh, incredible in, in our yeah. Forester, and not that the one in, in, the, in the Outback isn't. But you're sacrificing cargo space in the back, going with the Forester instead of the Outback. What was uh, what was your decision based on going from Forester to Outback, other than to try something new for the customers to bounce their ideas off you? Yeah, absolutely. The I mean, the Forester. I mean, much like you said, you feel like you're sitting up a little bit higher. It does drive uh, and feel more like an SUV. You're going to be sitting more upright. Uh, the the ground clearance, the actual physical ground clearance, is the same. Um, the Forester does sit a little bit taller. So for those people that are six foot plus, there's going to be a lot more headroom. Um, that's usually a really big determining factor for customers. Uh, it's just the, that, that bonus headroom. You get a really nice big sunroof in the Forester that a lot of people like. Uh, the Outback is obviously going to feel more like you're driving a sedan. You're going to feel a little bit more a part of the car and you're going to get a little bit more length as well. So uh, in terms of storage and that back seat, um, you're going to have a little bit more leg room and a little bit more trunk space, but it's, I mean, both of them are so much fun. I, the, the, that Forester, like you said, the, when, the way that that car is shaped, the visibility, uh, from the front window, the back window, the side windows, the little windows in front of the side view mirrors, uh, the visibility is really bar, bar none. It's so much fun to drive. Uh, it, you really can't go wrong, but you got to go drive them to to see which one's going to work best for you. And then I've I've recently fallen in love with uh, the Legacy, the the new Legacy, yeah. the sedan. And I yeah. know the the world has gone away from sedans, but there's still the that the, that market uh, niche out there 
that loves and will only drive and always drive sedans. And I was reading an article recently. We'll get to this later in the show. The average new car price in the world right now is forty thousand five hundred American dollars. It's crazy. I'm on your website right now, Josh, and I'm looking at a 2021 Subaru Impreza Sport promise price of twenty six thousand one twenty. That's forty thousand dollars less. And it's right there at the ready at the Southtown store, that Subaru Impreza Sport. Uh, yeah. And not the le- I mentioned the Legacy. You've also got a Legacy Premium at twenty five seven, which is even cheaper. But the sedan world, I still think, especially with Subaru and the all wheel drive uh, that it offers, I think that you can't go wrong right now. If you're in the market for a car, but you think, oh, I can't possibly afford a new car, maybe you're looking at the wrong make and model, or excuse me, model. Maybe you don't need the the bigger SUV or the bigger. Uh, hatchback like an Outback gives you. Maybe you could get away with a smaller hatchback of an Impreza or a sedan of a Legacy or Impreza. Totally. And I I think that's a really great point. I think people forget about the fact that there are still those cars that are a a, a new car that's in the low 20,000s. It's just everything is so expensive these days. Um, But I mean, you said the average price I think was $46,000. And even even our Ascent barely at the, the top of the line Ascent barely gets up to that uh, $46,000, $48,000 number. So, I mean, that is the one really great thing about Subarus. They've done a, they've put a lot of attention and focus into making sure that their cars are still very, very much affordable from a new car standpoint. Uh, and so really, there is not a Subaru yet, at least that I'm aware of, other than a couple special edition STIs that have crossed um, that $50,000 number, even at their highest package, which... Mm. I mean, you go to some of these other brands, and it's it's hard to find something that is below that fifty thousand dollar number. So, hey, before we take our, our first break, Josh, uh, I did want to bring up on on these airwaves uh, a, a, a cry for help, or or at least a, a plea from from my heart for those that can and feel inspired to. There was a, a seven year old girl in Layton uh, this this past week who her and her sister were walking their dog, and they were crossing the street at a T intersection in, in West Layton, and uh, they had almost reached the other side when a driver of a pickup reached down to grab his phone and unfortunately hit this seven-year-old girl. Now, thank God she's alive. She survived. She's in the hospital in critical condition, though, and oh, uh, the, the, her mother is a single mother and works full-time, uh, the, the doctor says her liver is badly damaged. We're working to keep her kidneys going, but it's an uphill battle for this girl. So if you, if you feel so inclined and have been wondering how you can help out, uh, someone with some of the extra cash you may have got from the stimulus or something like that, uh, Donnell Sawyer is the GoFundMe. Uh, so just search Donnell, D-A-W-N-E-L-L-E Sawyer, like Tom Sawyer, Donnell Sawyer, and uh, whatever you can give, five, ten, six thousand dollars $6,000, whatever your, is feasible for you, uh, Allison could really, really use uh, our community's help in not only uh, with her bills, but getting out of the hospital and, and getting back to being a seven-year-old. So just uh, I wanted to make sure we brought that up here. Again, wow. GoFundMe for wow. uh, Allison Guzman, or you can search Donnell Sawyer on, on GoFundMe and help out that way. That'd be great. Wow, that is heartbreaking. It is. It is. And we, we pray and hope that uh, 
Allison makes Same a full her. recovery. Same hey, our best. absolutely. Before we go to break, let's get back to a good uh, or a, a feel good, a feel uh, fun uh, little clip here. This is part one of our poll question today, inspired by the Jimmy Fallon show. He did a hashtag my worst car. People replied with some of the weird uh, quirks about their old or current cars. And here's part one of that. Man in McClellanville is on a mission to. This first one's from at Buddy San Guy. He says, "The horn would honk on its own sometimes, so when it did, I would just wave my hand out the window like I'd seen a friend." <laughs> hey guys. That happened. That really happened to us when we were growing up. My dad came back, came uh, from work, and the honk on the horn. Me, 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 me. My mom got all excited, and she was like, "I think she actually said, I think we won the lottery." I think she actually something like that, or dad got a raise, or something like that. She made me and my sister go out, and we were holding hands, waiting for my dad to pull in the driveway. And he came in and just slammed the door, and the car was still honking. He was like, I gotta get the, gotta get the car fixed. That was her life. Uh, this one's from Matt Lindsay Run G. She says, my dad drove a truck with a rope tied around each windshield wiper. He pulled one side, the passenger pulled the other. Right there. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Ten and two, man. Uh, uh, this one's from at Parlez Cooper. Uh, she says, at every bump in the road, the glove compartment would fall on my passenger's knee and the seat would fall back. <laughs> so how long have you been driving? Well, oh. Ow. This one's from at Action Jackson. Ooh. Really? He says, one time I honked the horn and the trunk opened. Well, all right. What? What? This one's from at Runway Mom. She says, I'd have to recline and slide the seat back so I could yell my drive through order through the broken back window. Take a, take a cheeseburger, please. And a, and a new car. This one's from at Jeremy Croker. He said, Every so often, a little trail of smoke would come out of the steering wheel. Well, that can't be good. <laughs> Gotta get that looked at, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's real. I just, he says so. Um, this is from Ad Pirate Knits. She says, my air vents didn't work because they were blocked up by a squirrel nest. There you go. That's a rough car. This one's from Ad Tara Dublin Rocks. She says, my college roommate had the ugliest brown Toyota. She lost the keys, but could unlock it and start it with a bent fork that she stole from the cafeteria. We called it Mr. Potato Car. <laughs> Mr. Potato Car, that's a good idea for a toy. This one's from at P. Yokes. He says, bought a 2002 Ford Escape. The doors on the left side had lock issues, so you had to literally escape through the windows. Good exercise, though. The Ford Escape. So there you go. Part one of some of the weirdest uh, parts of people's worst cars. Uh, oh let us God. know what, what yours are. 855-340-ZONE. Be part of the show. 855-340-ZONE. My favorite one there, I think, was... Every now and then the steering wheel will just a little puff of smoke will come out of the steering wheel. And 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 you are right. That that is not good. That is you might want to stop driving that car if, if yeah, smoke's yeah. coming out of the steering wheel. Yeah. The the funny the funny one there was the the squirrel nest. The number <laughs> of customers, especially right now with the limited driving people are doing, the number of nests we are seeing. Uh little pockets will open the hood and little pockets of dog food and cat food from mice and rats that are oh, finding it and making their nests around the motors is is 
quite frightening. Cars make for uh, good rats' nests and yeah, squirrel nests. Yeah, they are nests. very, very cozy. Yeah. Uh, so. Absolutely. All right, he's Josh, Josh Goldsmith, service manager of the Southtown Store. If you've got a question, a comment, a story for Josh, you can call us 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. Tell us your uh, worst or weirdest part about your car, if you'd like, or any of, as I said, any question, comment, or story, Josh will be happy to entertain those. This is Utah Car Sense. We'll be right back. Have a car question? Ask the experts at 855-340-ZONE. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Utah Car Sense. I'm Austin Horton. Eric Jensen producing for us today. Josh Goldsmith, service manager of the Southtown Store, is with us on Zoom, uh, socially distanced from us i'm in the studio eric's in the producer's booth we're together while apart the three of us and you can be together while apart by calling 855-340-ZONE be part of the show 855-340-ZONE looking for your questions comments or stories especially if it has to do with your worst or weirdest parts of your current or old cars uh, like uh, this, this my old car josh i had a gold ford taurus that we got from a police auction, I, I believe, and the back door panels had been—I uh, don't know how to how to say this—had been engineered to uh, smuggle things back and forth uh, across a border south of us uh, yeah. before uh, before it became mine. And the yeah. the back windows didn't open and and whatever. But eventually, like a month after I got that car, the ignition just stopped working. It would not start the car. And the the fix was like a five thousand dollar price tag or something, and the car was worth like four hundred dollars. Uh, and so instead, what we did is we had a mechanic rig up the battery to where it was a quote unquote safe hot wire situation. Oh yikes! Where I just had to touch a touch a wire to one of my battery posts, and that would start the car. Uh, and uh, that's how that's how that went for uh, the next year or so. That's how I would start and turn off my car would be to simply hotwire the thing. So, whew, I survived and I mostly am okay uh, mentally. You live to tell about it. That's, <laughs> that's the important thing. So, let us know stories like that. 855-340-ZONE. Can We'd I, love to hear it. Can I ask a sort of dumb follow-up question that? Yes, Eric. I'm not the most versed in cars, but how do you turn it off after you've hotwired it so that that's the the ignition would not start the car but it would turn it off so <laughs> go figure go figure. go figure yeah uh true story though I, i've got witnesses that's that's how it really went 855-340-ZONE if you'd like to be part of the show josh i've got a story here uh about cars and how to reduce your risk of covid19 and it's a scientific study I found at Autoblog. It's a study from Brown University. And their basic premise was you can open your car windows and reduce your uh, COVID-19 risk. And what they, what they came up with uh, are, are, is that the pressure gauge, 
or, or, uh, times the speed that you're going, you open a certain window and that sucks the coronavirus bad air out of your car, essentially. Uh, uh, it, it, you can't just crack the the window though. You gotta open them full bore. Down, huh? Yeah. Uh, and here's I'll read it exactly what they say. Uh, a new study from Brown University seeks to answer the question: What we haven't known is whether we should keep the windows up or down using complex computational fluid dynamics simulations. Wow. I uh, I have to believe that's a real thing. Varghese <laughs> Varghese Matai. Asaman Shudas, Jeffrey Bailey, and Kenneth Breuer studied how the aerosols that we breathe, some of which do escape even properly worn masks, move about a car's cabin and how those flows change with various windows up and down. The results were interesting, but in short, you're probably going to want the windows rolled down when possible. The details of the study, worth noting, include the vehicle used in the simulations was loosely based on a Toyota Prius, and likely apply to vehicles of similar shape and size, but may not be applicable to larger or smaller cars, trucks, or vans. The occupants sat diagonally from one another, which is a common arrangement in taxis and ride shares. So, of course, one in the driver's seat, one in the back rear uh, right seat. The, the team of researchers found that opening the windows opposite of each occupant can create a flow that drastically reduces the collection of aerosols in a car's cabin. They also found that opening the windows even halfway can be helpful, but that just cracking them a bit doesn't generate enough airflow. So, to uh, to make it simple, you crack the window opposite of your passenger in the back, and the airflow will suck a lot of the aerosols that you and they are breathing out the window. Interesting. I, I was going to ask for a clarification on whether that was as a, a single driver or or with a, with a passenger, but, uh, it, it, I mean, it makes sense. It's a car is not a place you want to spend a whole lot of time with, uh, someone else that may potentially be infected because there's a lot of recirculating air as well. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think you can protect yourself from yourself. Uh, yeah. but, so if well, you've got age, COVID, you've got age old issue, right? <laughs> it is. I, I need more protection for myself. Uh, so I will say, you know. I feel like the majority of people that I see driving cars with masks on are driving by themselves. And people that are driving with other people in the car are not driving with masks on, which is fine if they're within your same household. But yeah. I find it interesting the people that drive their cars by themselves with masks on. But yeah, I, I, did, I do both. too. I, I wonder if... They are part of a carpool situation where they're picking up people outside of their household and they feel, well, if I sneeze or cough while I'm in here. Out of the vehicle. Yeah, yeah. If I sneeze or cough, even if I'm in the vehicle alone, those yep. aerosols can land somewhere that then this yep. per that person could breathe in. So I think it's more of a courtesy thing than rather than a fear of catching up from their own car. If that I makes sense. I hadn't thought about that possibility. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, look, uh, and honestly, I, I'm sure you feel the same, Josh. I hate masks. I abhor them. I, I can't stand wearing them, but I do it simply because it's the right totally. thing to do for my fellow person uh, out totally. there. Totally. So. I mean, at work, we make – we are wearing masks all day, every single day. It's what we've had to do to be able to stay open. And even when I'm in my own office, I still have my mask on. Our technicians have masks on. 
Uh, it's obviously not fun for anybody, but we've been able to make sure that people at work, both our customers as well as our employees have been uh, relatively safe and healthy. And uh, it's been, I mean, it's really what's been able to keep us in business. So we've been very, very fortunate to that the use of masks is so effective. And without giving nitty gritty details, it's not like masks uh, are an absolute immunity. You guys have had uh, contact tracing and cases, but you've been able, like you said, to stay open and stay safe with yeah. proper uh, working around those things. When someone does get it or thinks they have it, they go away until they're healthy again. And, and you guys have been able to survive thanks to the masks and sanitation efforts. Yep. Hey, we've yeah. got our first phone call, Josh. 855-340-ZONE if you want to be part of the show. Max has been patiently waiting. Good morning, Max. How's it going, Max? Good morning. Um, my family, we had a 2013 Jeep Rubicon, and it worked pretty good for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden, when we were driving down to a family reunion, um, all of a sudden it started to slow down. We were wondering why. And we looked at it, and all of a sudden, all the oil was just gone out of nowhere. Like, Whoa. we had no idea where it went. Oh. Like, did you hit something, and it had pierced the, the, oil, the, the, no. the oil reservoir? Like we went to a, no. Like, we were on our way to Winnemucca to stay the night somewhere, because the family reunion was in Yosemite. And so it started slowing down. We went to a local mechanic, and like, yeah, so your oil somehow disappeared. What the heck? So, Yeah. And so we just kept buying oil for a bunch of times. And then eventually, pretty recently, we're like, yeah, no, we don't feel like going in to buy, waste all of our money on oil. Right. Yeah. A bunch. And so then we just bought a new Jeep. And yeah. <laughs> you went with Jeep again, though. Okay. Yes. Uh, and the, no one could ever tell you why it had happened or, or continued to burn out no. like that? Huh. No, it was just disappearing. Josh, have huh. you run into anything like that? You know, every once in a while we see cars that come in with, with oil consumption issues uh, where where the vehicle's burning oil at a higher rate than it should be. Uh, um, and so we have customers that have to periodically fill up the fill up the oil. Obviously, the, the actual fix is a, a new short block, unfortunately, uh, uh, which can be expensive. But normally when that oil is go- missing and, and there's no external leak that we can see, it tends to be an internal leak. Uh, and unfortunately, without really tearing into that into that motor, it's 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 tough to pinpoint it. Um, leak leaks are leaks are one of the the trickier trickier diagnosis that we have to make. Uh, but yeah, oil oil does weird things. I've seen I've seen a lot of weird uh, weird issues with oil where it's going somewhere it shouldn't be, and it gets into the coolant and it gets everywhere else. And oil can cause some problems. So. Uh, obviously great that I've, all you had to do was continue to fill it up with oil, but uh, oil does start to add up after a while. So yeah, it sounds it like you guys made the right choice. Max, that's a crazy yeah. story. Thanks for calling in and telling us. I've, I've got, I don't know anything about Winnemucca other than uh, when I was, I think four years old, my family took a, a road trip to San Francisco with my mom, my dad, me as a four-year-old, and my brother as a two-year-old. And uh, we were asleep in the back seat, and one of us, I'm going to blame my brother, but it was probably me, had an accident in our sleep. And uh, my dad pulled over in Winnemucca at a car wash and just hosed the back of it out, and we were back on the road again. Uh, That's my Winnemucca story. 
Have you really lived if you don't have a good Winnemucca story? That's right. That's true. That's true. Isn't it? Uh, isn't the Johnny Cash line, if you're going to Winnemucca Mac with me, you can ride? That's that's exactly it. The Casher, the Caster had, had a Winnemucca story. Max, thanks for calling in. 855-340-ZONE to be part of the show. 855-340-ZONE. Josh, when I say the phrase, great winter accessory for your vehicle... Does anything immediately come to your mind where you go, you know, you ought to have one of these in your car? Oof, that is a, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know if I've, I, there, I mean, there isn't one one specific thing that I would say jumps out. My, my mom's family is from the Midwest, and uh, they were always prepared and are still always prepared for a potentially grueling winter drive and potentially slipping into a ditch and so they always have blankets and gloves and boots and jackets ready and All my right. grandma never lets the car get below half a tank of gas just because you never want to potentially run out but one of the biggest things that we see especially during the winter especially with the uh people not driving nearly as much as they used to is we're seeing a lot of battery issues um batteries are a, a very fickle thing uh, especially when it gets cold, especially when they're not being driven very often. And so we are seeing a lot of dead batteries. So the one investment I would encourage everyone to make, I just bought one for my sister. Uh, they now make these really, really cool jump boxes. They're maybe only a little bit bigger than, than your iPhone. Uh, and they, you can plug USBs into them. You can charge all kinds of stuff off of them. But to be able to have the ability to jumpstart your car if need be, depending on where you're at, and not having to wait for a tow truck or a friend and hoping someone has jumper cables to be able to have that that kind of freedom of being able to take care of that issue for yourself especially during the winter uh is definitely something i would always recommend to someone absolutely and uh we'll get to the rest of the list here but autoblog has a list of five winter accessories that are must-haves and that's one of their accessories they suggest is those little uh car jump uh bricks and i i have one and i i love that thing and I've, I've used it once for myself, and recently I used it to, to help a stranger at the gas station from a distance. They said, hey, do you have cables? My car's dead. I said, I, I'll do you one better, and I threw him the brick, and I yep. said, just bring that back to me. And then we didn't even have to touch. We didn't even have yep. to talk real close to each other. And they yeah. took it, jumped the car, brought it back, tossed it to me, and back in the in the trunk it went i went home charged it up again it's ready for the next time and they're really cheap too yeah they're like you can get a really good one on amazon for like 40 50 60 bucks they're good for like 10 or 15 different jumps we use them at the dealership all the time uh because it's a a lot easier to lug that little thing around than one of those big jump boxes or to hope that you can get get two cars close enough to jump them and it's just a lot safer as well there's a lot of people these days that don't know how to safely use jumper cables and so to be able to black to black to black and red to red and press a button and turn the car on is uh, a, mu- a much safer outing for most people. So We'll get back to that list in a moment, but we've got another phone call. 855-340-ZONE. Isaac, good morning. Hey, how are you? We're great. Thanks for calling in. Good. I didn't know there was a, a Bette Midler uh, a car starter there from a distance. That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> hey, uh, I have I have numerous uh, comical car stories, but um, I was going to say, when police pull you over for, you know, a ver- variety of reasons and, and the officer is, like, uh, laughing at your car predicament, that's normally like a uh, 
they sign something wrong. But <laughs> one of the uh, one of the stories I have is I had my car break down at my friend's house. It was left there for two or three months until we could repair it. We finally got it working, and I took it to a gas station to fill it up with gas. As I'm walking out of the gas station, there were mice falling out of the bottom of the car that had taken refuge there while it was uh, at my friend's house. So wow. that's uh, that's it, my friend. <laughs> that, and you're right. When, when uh, the police officers are chuckling, it's probably yeah, a story you'll never forget. It's probably, yeah, it's true. That's true. Well, hey, thanks, man. Thanks, Isaac. And uh, just a reminder, God is watching us. God, God is watching is us. Watching us. You're from right. a distance. Thanks, buddy. Have a good week. 855-340-ZONE. That's how it's done. 855-340-ZONE. Be part of the show. What are your worst or weirdest parts of your current or old cars? Love to hear these stories. 855-340-ZONE. Back to our list here, Josh, of the must-have winter accessories. Now, they have, I've never heard of this particular uh, type of snow brush, but of course they say you need a snow brush uh, yep. to, to, in the winter, which I recently told a funny story how my wife, we needed a little more room in our car, and so she was taking some things out of the car and she removed the snow brush. Uh, I don't know how much space that saved, but thank goodness we didn't need it that day. It was in the winter. We could have ended up using it. But a detachable yep. ice scraper on the end of a snow brush. I'd never seen this before. Uh, so that you, you've got this big snow brush to, to reach uh, across, but then you can take the scraper off and have a little more torque uh, or close-up uh, work with it. So that's kind of interesting. The uh, the de-icer washer fluid from Rain-X, they, they say is the best for the winter out there. Uh, I, I've never been in a situation where my icer, or excuse me, my washer fluid was frozen, but I assume that that does happen, Josh. It it, it unfortunately does. Uh, just, just a couple weeks ago, our, our CFO, her granddaughter, was driving up from Arizona, and uh, they obviously don't have to worry about freezing down there, and her car was up here for a couple of days, and unfortunately, her, her washer fluid did freeze. Um, and so it is definitely something to be mindful and aware of. Uh, they've got on this list a portable air compressor pump, which I went, oh, that's going to be expensive and, and huge. And then I look at the picture and the price. It's like 30 bucks on Amazon, and it fits in a little, I don't know, basketball-sized bag that you just yeah. stow, stow, stow away in your trunk or whatever. And uh, if your tire pressure actually drops, which it does typically happen in cold weather, and it drops to a level where it's dangerous, you don't want that thing to pop, and you may not always have access to air but if you do have one of these pumps that'll get you back on the road and then uh, they mentioned that starter brick that we talked about and their last accessory which i recently uh purchased uh, as well winter snow tires for your vehicle that isn't uh fully equipped for the winter drives which yep. uh i was kind of mad that i bought them because since the day I bought them until last night, it hadn't snowed at all. Yep. Uh, so I'm actually one of those p crazy people out there going, "Give us the blizzards so that this purchase was worth it for me." Well, and as soon as and as soon as you take those snow tires off, it will will have days of snow. So. It'll snow all of May, That's is what you're telling me. That's how it goes. Yep. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, he's Josh Goldsmith. He's the service manager of the Southtown store for Mark Miller Subaru. I'm Austin Horton. Eric Jensen producing for us today. 855-340-ZONE is our phone number. Give us your weird or worst car stories. 855-340-ZONE. You'll be part of the show that way. Coming up on the other side, we've got some Tesla news from the good to the bad to the ugly. We uh, have a uh, news for Mustang fans out there who, in this market, aren't always thinking that that's the wisest choice. But there's a, a new feature that is coming out in a few years from the Mustang family that I think some people will raise an eyebrow at. And also a big-time recall for Ford. Tell you about that and so much more in hour number two up next here on Utah Carsons.